Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to worship. We're so glad that you're here. Let's stand together and let's worship the Lord, shall we? It's so amazing that God could love us so much that he's given us a place to run to for salvation, a place to hide in for refuge. That's what we're doing. We're running to the one place where we can have hope and help for everyone. See the desperate and the broken-hearted coming, bearing heavy burdens of every kind. See the guilty and the with the shame and sorrow, every tribe and nation, endless night. All who are thirsty, all who are in to the cross, unto the Savior, mercy is there, arms open wide, all on His grace, all is forgiven, hide in the hope of the crucified, run, run, run to the cross, amen, run to the cross, when the storm is raging, the darkness falling, and the ground is shaking, still my soul. Put your trust. Put your trust in his. Hold on. Hold on to his promise. He will never fail you. Not alone. When you are thirsty. Run to the cross, run to the Savior, mercy is there, arms open wide, fall on His grace, all is forgiven, hide is the hope of the crucified, run, run, run to the cross. At the cross of Jesus, singing. At the cross of Jesus, there is grace and freedom. And the blood of Jesus washes white as snow. At the cross of Jesus, there is grace. There is grace and grace and freedom. Washes white as snow. Sing it again at the cross. At the cross of Jesus, there is grace and freedom.
or unto the cross. Amen. Yes, please be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church. Man, it's awesome that we can run to the cross to receive grace and freedom. Amen. God is good all the time. Well, welcome to First Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. And uh, it's our privilege to just to come before the Lord and to honor Him and to, and to worship Him and to sing praises to Him and, and to hear His Word preached. And so we're excited to do that this morning. If you're a guest with us, we'll just ask one thing of you. We'd, we'd like to get to know you by name. And there's a little guest registration card there in the pew rack in front of you. And if you can fill that out. And drop that in the offering plate later. It's a great way for us to get to know you uh, by name and a, and a great gift from you for us. And you can indicate on there ways that we can pray for you. You can indicate on there to receive our newsletter so that you know about the events and the, and the mission opportunities, the ministry opportunities that are available through our church. And so we want you to be informed and to know what's going on in the life of our church. As we continue to worship, I'm, I'm just going to open us this morning in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can run to the cross where we receive grace and freedom. God, we're no longer enslaved to our sin, but we've been saved by your grace, through your love, through your son, Jesus Christ, on his sacrifice on the cross. And we just say thank you for that. Lord, as we come this morning to worship you, as we participate in the Lord's Supper, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and what he's done for us. And we just thank you for your love. God, I, I pray that this morning that we can clear our hearts, clear our minds, and focus on your word and on your truth. Lord, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and let's sing together. What can wash away the sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of This is all my hope and praise, 
There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. That's in the heart of Jesus. Sing it out to him. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a blood, comes flowing. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I mean all of you. I mean all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all There's a place where sin and shame are powerless. There's a heart has peace with God and forgiveness. For all the
Savior of the world. Coming to this place today just to worship Him and celebrate Him. As we prepare our hearts for Lord's Supper, we remember the blood that He shed on the cross for us. That's what we're here to do today, to worship Him and to put a smile on the face of God and ask His Holy Spirit to prepare us for what can wash away our sins. What can wash away my sins? What can cover every stain? Flood the darkness deep within Like healing rain What can make the broken free? What can set the captive? What can satisfy my soul, my deepest need? Let's sing it to him. Blood of Jesus be my all, all my hope and righteousness. Let your Stand before the throne. I will claim the blood of Christ. Oh, yes, Christ alone. Christ alone. Blood of Jesus be my own. All my hope and
nothing less, nothing less than a Savior. Blood of Jesus, be my own, be my own. Oh, my hope, all my righteousness, in your mercy, Father, how we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We come to you with, with no other reason that we should be accepted. Only and only, only because of Jesus and his sacrifice. Oh, Lord, thank you. And We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. It's good to see you today. Have you ever heard the expression, it's time to fish or cut bait? That means it's time to stop vacillating and wavering. It's enough with fence sitting and uh, waffling, and it's time to decide, to make a decision, to take a stand. Well, I'm preaching through the book of Nehemiah, and we come to Nehemiah 10, and Nehemiah's people, the Israelites, come to a time where it's sort of time to fish or cut bait. In their story of Nehemiah, we've seen how after the exile, after a period of chastening, Nehemiah has been called by God to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. The outer defenses are completed. And now in the second half of the book, he's rebuilding the community. And this community, these people of Israel, have to decide what are they going to be like? What kind of people are they going to be? Are they going to be like Israel was before the exile and repeat the same kind of pattern of mistakes that led to their chastening, their discipline? Or are they going to be different? And in Nehemiah 10 comes to a point of decision. Who are we going to be? What are we going to do? Maybe it's that way in your life. Maybe you've been sort of on the fence about following Christ or about your church involvement or about your service to God or about the moral life that you're living and you've sort of vacillated and wavered and maybe it comes a time today for you to fish or to cut bait, to decide who am I, what kind of person am I going to be? That's the setting in Nehemiah chapter 10 where we have a covenant renewal ceremony. This is a time where they're renewing that Old Testament covenant. And you see there's a parallel with us today because the Lord's Supper is our covenant 
renewal ceremony under the new covenant. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then one of the first acts that you should have done after you put your faith in Jesus was to be baptized. Baptism is the beginning of the Christian life. It says, here I am, I've taken my stand, this is who I am, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now the Lord's Supper is repeated periodically in your Christian life as a covenant renewal ceremony of reaffirming, I'm staying on course or I'm getting back on course, this is who I am, I'm a follower of Jesus, this is my identity and I commit myself to it. And so today, maybe that's what needs to happen in your life as we follow the example of the people of Israel. We begin in Nehemiah 9.38. And in Nehemiah 9.38, they have another one of these assemblies that we've seen. And they say, in view of all this, so after all that's gone on, and we've seen how they assembled and heard the Word of God, they founded their community on the Word of God, and then they gathered and confessed their sins. They had a half day of confession of sins. And now in view of all this, because of this, here's what we're going to do. So today we would say, in view of all this, under the new covenant, we would say, in view of what Jesus has done for me when he died and gave his body to be broken and his blood to be spilt, in view of this, this is how I'm going to respond. And here's what they say, verse 38, in view of all this, we're making a binding agreement. Or another translation has a firm covenant. And we're going to put it in writing, they say. we're serious about this, we're going to write it down. And then they say, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. We might say, we're going to sign it. And what follows in chapter 10, 1 through 27, is the names of 85 leaders who put their seal to this, who signed this. So today, I'm going to challenge you to do this very thing. In your worship guide are a series of 12 commitments, binding agreements between you and God. I'm not going to take them up. It's between you and God. If you can get a worship bulletin, I'm going to encourage you on the way out. Pick one up out of the rack there that you could consider these. And I'm going to ask you to consider this morning, who am I, what I want to be? I'm going to make some commitments or renew some commitments to God. And if so, I invite you to put a check mark there. And I invite you to sign that at the bottom. And maybe keep that in your Bible as a reminder of the binding agreement, the covenant relationship that you've renewed today between you and God. And you say, well, I don't like to sign stuff. Really? In all areas of life, if something's serious, it requires a formal commitment, does it? What if you want to buy a car and you go to the, to the uh, dealer and you say, they say, well, you'll need to sign right here. And you say, I don't really like to sign something. You know, I just want to drive it a while and just, I'll just send you some money along. And let's, let's just do this, you know, informally. You think that's going to go well? Or, or what about if you join the military? I've never been in the military But I'm assuming you can't go and say, you know, I'm just going to try this out a few days, and I may go home a few weekends, or, you know, I I just want to sort of get a feel for this. I don't think that's the way it works. I I don't know. I think you sign up. Well, if following Christ is more important than either of those things, won't you sign up today? Won't you make a binding agreement and affix your seal to it? Now, it says in verse 28 of chapter 10, the rest of the people, so it's not just the leaders, the rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who were able to understand. And so 
men, women, teenagers, and even children who are what we would call the age of accountability, children who were old enough to understand they were involved. So you may be a child today. You could make most of these commitments. This is a foundational time in your life if you're a fourth grader, fifth grader, eighth grader, eleventh grader, to make those commitments in your life today lays that foundation for the future. And I challenge you to do that as well. So the first commitment they made in verse 29 was a basic commitment, a general commitment. Verse 29, all these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a curse and an oath. That's language from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, their covenant said, there's a blessing if you follow, there's a curse if you disobey. And here's their commitment, to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God. Remember, they spent a whole half day reading it. They've heard it, now they're going to follow it and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. They're saying, we're going to follow this book that we read. And we're not going to make the same mistakes of our forefathers that led us into exile when they disobeyed it. We're signing and sealing a binding commitment today that we're going to be people of this book and with the help of God, we're going to follow that law. So I'm challenging you to make Uh, Some basic commitments today, if these apply to you, they're listed there in your worship guide under basic commitments. Number one, you might say today, I want to become a follower of Jesus and be baptized. That's how you begin the new covenant, as they were renewing the old covenant. Maybe you're not yet a believer in Christ, and you've been considering that, you've been waffling, but today you need to decide, who are you going to be? This is a crucial moment. And maybe you would say, today... I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. We give an invitation. I'll invite you to bring that with me and uh, bring that with you and come forward. Or maybe you want to say, I want to join First Baptist Church. You don't have a church that you're connected to, and, and you need to be a part of that. Or for many of you, that third one is, I renew my commitment to Jesus as Lord of my life. You see, that's a New Testament statement that sort of corresponds to the Old Testament statement here. They were saying, this is, we're going to follow this old covenant. Maybe you've gotten off track a little bit. The Lord's Supper is a time for you to accept the grace of God and, and bring and bend your life back in line. Or maybe, maybe you're faithfully serving. Won't you, won't you sign up again? Won't you re-enlist? Won't you reaffirm today to say, this is the trajectory of my life. This is who I am. And I reaffirm that in the blood of Jesus and in his body today. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't know where our culture's going. Don't know where other people are going. But I know where I'm going. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, on that basic commitment, they made some specific commitments in the rest of this chapter. You see, there's, it's important to make specific commitments. Uh, you, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to make vague general commitments. I'm going to love everybody. Okay, well, how about that guy that sits beside you at work that irks a fire out of you every day, you know? It's a whole lot easier to say, I want to love everybody than to get specific, right? And so now they make specific commitments that come from that basic commitment. And in the first area is about separation or holiness. Verse 30, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. A commitment of separation. Now, this was not a matter of ethnicity or race. This was a matter of faith. The Old Testament had said, don't marry outside of your faith. The New Testament repeats that command, Paul does, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So here's a basic commitment that we're going to be different. 
And in our most basic marriage covenant, I'm going to marry. Maybe you're not married here today, and that same, I've repeated basically that same commitment under that separation. Maybe you'd say you're a teenager, you're a single person, you're a college student, and you're not married. Would you make a commitment? Maybe you're a young a child. Would you say, when I grow up and marry, I'm going to marry someone, I'm going to choose somebody who shares my Christian beliefs. That's the most important criteria. And what a basic commitment that'll, that'll affect the direction of your life. That's what they were doing. You see, part of what got them in trouble, one of the reasons they went into exile is because they married the Canaanites that God had told them not to. Canaanites worshipped those idols. They were led astray by idol worship and their land was destroyed. And they said, we're not going to repeat this cycle. We're going to be different. And so a Christian is called in our culture to, to be separate or to be holy. Now, that doesn't mean we don't engage. That doesn't mean we're isolated. We're very involved in culture. We love everybody. We respect everybody. But we're going to be different. So there's, to give you, maybe you're already married. That one doesn't apply to you. So I put one more under separation and holiness that I think has the spirit of this. I'll not view anything that pleases God. Boy, that's a big part of the life of our holiness and our media-saturated culture with the internet and, and with television and everything. And so maybe the, the call to separation and holiness for you is to say, you know, regardless of what's been in my life, I'm not going to put anything before my eyes that God would not be happy with or honored with. I'm going to make that commitment today. Maybe that's a change of direction for you in the area of separation and holiness. And the next area of of commitments they made was what I would call rhythms of worship or patterns or habits of worship that they would follow the rhythm that God set out for every week and for the years that were to work 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 break that cycle of work worship and rest here's what they said in verse 31 when the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Sort of the Chick-fil-A verse here you got going, see? And it, they, they, were, they were saying, now they, they got all these neighboring cultures and they don't observe the Sabbath. They're wanting to come into the gates of Jerusalem and to sell and to buy. And they're saying, you know, we're not going to do that. And then it says every seventh year, here's another part to the rhythm, every seventh year we'll forego working the land and we'll cancel all debts. That's what God said in the Old Testament in uh, uh, law the Sabbath year, every seven years. Well, Israelites had not done that. The land had not laid fallow every seventh year. And the Bible says that's one of the reasons God sent them into exile. He said, you won't let it lay fallow. I'll let it lay fallow for 70 years to catch up. And they're saying, we're not going to repeat that same mistake. We're going to follow those rhythms, that pattern of worship. So I want to suggest some commitments to you in that area. And the first three are about our, th this is our strategy of worship and disciple making our church. If you haven't made these three commitments, I'm inviting you today to make these commitments. Number one, I'll gather with my family for worship every week unless providentially hindered. Unless I'm working or sick or out of town, I'm, I'm just going to be the rhythm, the pattern of my life. And then the second area of commitment in our church is I'll join and attend a connection group because we want to move you from the large group to the small group that you can know people and share life together. And I'm always concerned when people just come to worship and they don't come to connection groups because most people I've seen, they, we lose them within four years if they don't connect in a smaller group. You just don't know enough people. You don't feel enough connection. And so that's the strategy 
and connecting you with our church. And the third level, the third connection is of this rhythms of worship. I'll participate in the Christian development program on Wednesday nights. That's our design for discipleship where you learn to pray, to share your faith, to grow in, in concrete application of the Bible. Would you make a commitment? You know, I haven't taken that step. I've been sort of casual with my discipleship, but I'm going to take that step today. And that's going to be a part of my rhythm of life that I could grow. And then another one there, I'll seek to pray and read my Bible daily. And if you have a family that you would say, I'll do this with my family. That you, is, is the Bible and prayer any part of your life outside of church? Is it part of your rhythm, your daily rhythm, your daily pattern that you spend at least one minute? Would you try to spend one minute with God? If you're not doing this, would you say, one minute with God, I'm going to spend every day, one minute with God. I'm going to briefly pray and read a couple of verses of scripture. That'll get me started. I'm going to put a rhythm to my life that I spend time with God every day. And the final area of commitments that they made was in the area of stewardship. In verse 32, it begins, We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God. This, again, was something in the law. We're not taking time to go back and refer to the law in every one of these, but they're, they're playing off of what the law said in each of these cases. For the bread set out on the table, for the grain offering, burnt offering, for the offerings on the Sabbath, at the new moon feasts, at the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and for all the duties of the house of our God. The Old Testament law said there was to be in the altar in front of the temple uh, a lamb sacrificed every morning, a lamb every evening. That was the daily burnt offerings. Two lambs every day and, and also bread on the, on the altar of showbread. There was bread to be put out every day. Well, they, they would pay a third of a shekel every year for the, to pay for those lambs in, and for that bread and the other things that are listed there. And then verse 34, we, the priests, the Levites, the people, have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it's written in the law. And so they, for the offerings, you had to have a fire going. Leviticus said that fire is to never go out. It burns continually, 24 hours a day, 365 days a, a, a year. The, the lamb is burnt in the morning, and it, and it roasts all day on the wood, and in the evening, and it's like smoke continually goes up to God, and that's saying that all of our lives, every moment of every day is holy to God, and as the smoke is continually going up, we're continually worshiping God. That takes a lot of firewood, right? And so... This is just the basic things that nobody thinks of. And so what the law said, they cast lots so that you would, whatever came up your day, maybe your family had December 11th, and that was the day that you had to provide wood for the altar to keep those fires burning. So your family brought firewood. These are just the basic things of people who serve God in little ways that are so fundamental. Do you know there have been people here since 7 o'clock this morning filling those little bitty glasses with grape juice for you to be able to do this. When I get here at 7 o'clock, there's somebody already on Sunday morning, it's a volunteer who's already been here every Sunday who has all the lights on, check the thermostats, doors open. There's somebody that comes every Tuesday, a team of people, and folds and distributes that newsletter that you get. There are people that, that wash the towels and robes when I baptize people. Those are servants. They're like the people who bring the firewood for the church. 
And thank God for that. And they're saying, we're gonna, we, want, we want God's worship to be right, and we're going to volunteer our lives to make sure that happens. The third part of this stewardship, verse 37, or excuse me, verse um, 35, we also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of our fruit trees. It's also written in the law, we'll bring the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle and our herds and our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests ministering there. This is tithing. This is bringing the first of everything, brought their first son, and then they would offer uh, an animal in place of that. The law said you redeem your, child, your firstborn child, but every first is holy to the Lord. And if you wanted to keep that, then you offered uh, an offering in its place. And it says in verse 37, Moreover, we will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God to the priests the first of our ground meal, of our grain offerings, the fruit of all our trees, our new wine and olive oil. We'll bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for it's the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. As a priest descended from Aaron, is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes. And the Levites are to bring a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God. So I want to challenge you in some areas of stewardship. Maybe that's new to you. And on this commitment there, first of all, it says, I'll give a tenth of my income to God through the church. We're not under the old covenant anymore. But under the new covenant, still there's that responsibility to worship God through giving. And that's still a good guideline, a good beginning point, a good basis for our giving. Would you say today, you know, I haven't honored God with the first. I haven't given him the first of my paycheck. I've given God leftovers. And I'm going to put God first now. And as they did, and they reconstructed their lives and their community, I'm going to reconstruct my life so that God's first. And I'm tangible. It's easy to say, oh, God's first in my life. Okay, then give him the first part of your money every pay period. And that's the way that you will tangibly, concretely show that God's first in your life. The second one there is I'll give to special offerings. They had these other things. We have two special missions offerings a year at Christmas and Easter where we give extra we're giving for our building fund. Many people are giving extra to finish the race that's enabled us to build what we have and now to pay that off and to add other property. Or even today, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we receive a benevolence offering that's an extra offering. So maybe God's speaking to you in some other way about your stewardship, about your giving. And then there's a, another blank there that just says other commitments. These aren't exhaustive. These are just what they were challenged and called to do. Maybe God is speaking to you today in some other area of your life or your service. And maybe you need to write in there and sign there and keep in your Bible a binding commitment. I'm serious about this, of following God. You're speaking to me as you burdened Nehemiah. You're burdening me. I need to follow God in this way. And would you listen today to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Would you respond to the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's time. To fish or cut bait. It's time to decide who am I? What my life is going to be like? And sometimes it's time to reaffirm who you are, where you're headed, and what you believe, and what you value. And that's where we are today. I pray the Holy Spirit leads you to specific concrete commitments in your relationship to Jesus Christ. In view of all this, in view of the love of God poured out to us in the blood and body of Jesus, we will say to him, I make a binding agreement and affix my seal to it.
that I will follow you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our deacons are going to be gathering here. and We're going to serve the Lord's Supper. Let's pray over this meal as we prepare to share it together. Oh, Lord God, thank you for the new covenant you've given us in your only son, Jesus. And Lord, we worship you that you loved us so much that you sent your son. And now as we eat this bread that represents his body, we receive his salvation. Or we renew our relationship to him. And as we drink this cup of grape juice that represents his blood, we're so thankful that his blood was shed to forgive us of our sin. And so we draw close to you and we reaffirm who we are. May this be a significant time. May people, as they're waiting to be served, consider these covenants, these commitments. May they respond by signing. However you lead us, not what I want them to do, but how you lead us. May this be a holy time of covenant renewal in our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. deacons are distributing to you bread that represents the body of Jesus. If you're a guest with us today, if you're a believer, baptized believer in Jesus, we welcome you to the Lord's table. You're our brothers and sisters. We'll share together this kind of meal in heaven, so we invite you to do that. Our custom is when you receive that piece of bread, just hold it until everyone's been served, and then we'll eat it together. May this be a time when you think about, as you hold that little piece of bread, how much Jesus loved you that he gave his body for your sins, that you could forever live in heaven and you could even now have eternal life, what will be our response to so great a love?
Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Our deacons are passing you the cup that represents the blood of Jesus. The Old Testament, there were those sin offerings that were a temporary covering, a, a stopgap measure for the covering of sins. But in the coming of Jesus has been the once and for all sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God. Our sins can be washed away forever. And that's what we celebrate in this. So again, if you, would you hold that and we'll drink it together. And as you receive it, would you think, what will be my response to so great a love as this?
Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Drink ye all of it. May the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ be yours. And today, maybe some of you need to respond publicly. Those first two commitments cannot be made privately alone. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. But if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. So I want to give you an opportunity, if your commitment today is to become a follower of Jesus and be baptized, your commitment is to join this church, to come forward publicly as we sing together. We're going to stand in a moment and sing. Or if there's something else in your life you need somebody to pray with you about, there'll be somebody here to pray with you. Let's stand together as God speaks to you. Would you come? Just as I am without, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Just as I am and waiting not to read my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each part. I'm broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come guilty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb, and I'm welcome with open arms, praise God, just as I am, just as I am, My freedom bought, and now to glory in your 
I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the God of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms. Praise God just as I am. Amen. Thank you. Would you be seated? We praise God for people who came and made recommitments or confessions today. Pray that's true in your life as well. We're going to worship now by giving our offerings in worship to a good, good God. Would you pray with me? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, designer of everything, creator of all we know, see, and feel, Lord. We're thankful for this day, Lord, that you've given us. We're thankful for this freedom we have to come and worship you without persecution. Lord, we take this time to bring back the gifts that you've given us, Lord. Lay them at your feet, Lord. We pray that you'll use them to advance your kingdom. We pray these things in your holy, precious name. Amen. There is a fountain And it's filled with blood Drawn from Emmanuel's veins And sinners plunged beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunged beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains Ever since by faith I saw that flower Life-flowing womb supply, redeeming love has been my theme, and shall be till I die. Hey. 
him and shall be just want to highlight a couple of activities that take place here on Wednesday night. We've got our prayer meeting. We've got adult choir practices. We've got a CDP classes that are going on. We've got three offered right now. We've got a student service that begins at 6, ends at 7.15, and then a young adult radio service that begins at 7.45. And so don't want you to miss those Wednesday activities. If you're a guest with us today, we want to remind you that our pastor and his wife, they've just left and they are out at the welcome desk and they've got a, a small gift for first-time guests. Also want to highlight for students, um, today's the deadline for the Snowbird fall retreat, and so if you can get that payment in, those forms in, take care of that stuff. I know it's fall break and your brain shut off, but you got to turn it on for just a few minutes to take care of this stuff uh, since it's the deadline is today. Um, on Sundays that we do the Lord's Supper, it's, it's our practice to take a benevolence offering as well. And so this offering is just available to be able to help church members in times of need or when, when unexpected things come up. And so there'll be ushers at the door when you leave that'll be there to receive that benevolence offering. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that gives us life. We thank you for your bloodshed. Lord, we, we pray that we can commit our lives to you, that we can live our lives in faith and all that you've called us to do. We thank you for your love, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Because the blood of Jesus is enough for me. Oh, the blood.